Rachel. I'm Donna. And I'm Carrie. And we are Paranormal Chicks. Sinister Sightings 193. And it's the last Sinister Sightings of the year. (laughs) Were you going to say decade? I know. I was going to say new year. And I'm like, wait, no. (laughs) Also, I like round numbers. And I really wanted to hit 200 at the end of the year. Aw. You know what I mean? Or like at the beginning. Like this would be like 199, you know? Yeah. (sighs) Lame-o. We just need like six more weeks. (laughs) We also need intros for Sinister Sightings. So if you're in Patreon... Send us an intro. We haven't had one in a while. Mm-mm. All right. Let's jump right in. And this one's called It's Been a While. Isn't that funny? I just said it's been a while. Okay. Don't know why I explained it. They said, oh my God, the last time I emailed you guys was July 2021. Sorry for this huge gap. Life got hectic, but we carry on and I'm back. So for a recap on who I am, I just started telling y'all about the haunted house I grew up in as a kid and also about the creepy warehouse my dad worked at and he'd let me tag along, but I'll forgive you guys for not remembering. Like I said, it's been a while. Story one, short and not sweet. The first story happened at dad's work. So in the emails I've already sent, I explained how my dad was security on this old warehouse. This one time, me and my sister were just hanging around and my mom was somewhere too, waiting for him. He ended up asking if we wanted to help as he only had a few light boxes to move up to the attic in one of the buildings, so we did. I don't know what it was, but I could not get out of that attic quick enough. I remember being literally so scared that I could have cried, but nothing had actually happened. Just being in that room freaked me out so much. My sister also said later that for some reason she had felt super scared in there too. Strange. There really isn't anything else about that place that just stands out. Just the usual strange sounds and things going bump in the night. Story two, saying goodbye. My granddad hadn't been well for years. He died when I was 16, and I'd never seen him healthy, unfortunately. We knew he had started to get worse, and he had recently gotten cancer, and even though he hated admitting it, we could see it was starting to get really painful for him, but we didn't know that we were so close to the end. Quite a while before the night he died, the hospital had given him a bed to keep in the living room, and that's where he was laying with my nan in the chair next to him watching the soaps. My nan recalls that he was quiet and peaceful this day. He could be cranky often because he was uncomfortable. So when their show ends, he looks over at my nan and says goodnight. They have a nice little moment, and a few minutes later, he apparently took a really deep breath. He had passed peacefully by my nan's side, which is what he would have wanted. My nan didn't phone anyone straight away as she wanted to have some time with him. I'm not sure how much time later, but their house phone rang, and it was my granddad's sister asking if he was okay. So nan explained. Then she explained she had been asleep and dreaming that granddad was talking to her and telling her that he's okay, everyone else will be okay, and she woke up and just knew that was him coming to say goodbye. Story 3, Childhood House. In the other emails, I'd start talking about my house and how it started with footsteps coming from the loft conversion and my brother's bed was dragged across the room with him in it. Well, one day, my brother was in the loft playing his game. Can't remember if this was the PS1 or the PS2 era, but just to give you an idea of when this was, we had one of those at the time. At this point, he heard me or my sister calling upstairs his name and he ignored it at first. He finally shouts, what? All annoyed, and again, we just called his name. So thinking we needed him to come down, he paused the game and gets halfway down the loft stairs when he remembers nobody else was home. He froze. Our dad was at work, and mom had taken my sister and myself out, and he didn't want to come. 
He didn't know what to do, so he just ran back up the stairs and waited to hear people come back in. He told us when we got home, but because my mom or sister never saw, heard, or experienced anything in the house, they just didn't believe him. Okay, last one for today. Story four, even the dog got scared. I think I've mentioned in my true crime stories that I've sent in the past that we had German shepherds, and they always wanted our food. So at mealtimes, they would go to their cages just for a few minutes while we ate, and the cages were in the same room so we could see. So one evening when we were eating, one of our dogs starts looking towards the direction of the stairs and growling, but really nasty growling with all of her fur standing up. So my mom called her to try to comfort her, but she wouldn't listen. This carried on for a few more seconds, and then she whimpered a little bit and curled up at the back of her cage. Now, we had been watching her, and we didn't see her somehow hurt herself or anything like that. She just looked so sad and curled up in a ball. Of course, we let her out, and she was fine after a little comforting, but I just thought the sudden change in her behavior was super odd, as if something had hurt her. Well, I hope this isn't too long. Again, apologies for taking so long to write this. Thank you, girls, for being you. You're great. Love, Lauren. I don't know how your brother did not shit himself. Or leave. Right? (laughs) Ain't no way, ain't no how I'd be staying in that house after something's calling my damn name. Right? But I guess I don't want to go downstairs to see what or who is down there calling my name. True. But he was already halfway, so surely he would have seen whatever it was. True, true, true. Can we say true one more time? And I wonder what your dog saw. Something for sure. Okay, the next one. Hi, y'all. I have binged all of your episodes over the last few months and really enjoy listening to your stories while I'm driving for work. I have a few stories for you. The first two happened while I was working with orphan children in Nigeria. One morning, I was in the kitchen making breakfast when Pius, who was 11 at the time, came in crying. I asked what was wrong, and he said that a spirit had come into his room while he was sleeping and tried to choke him. Oh, my God. Of course, I was like, oh, it was just a dream, and I gave him a little hug, and he said, no, Auntie, I was awake, and I couldn't move. I tried to wake Lucky, who was his roommate, but I couldn't breathe. I asked where the spirit had gone, and he said, into the house. I told him not to worry. I wouldn't let it hurt him, but I was thinking, what the fuck is going on here? After listening to your podcast, it sounds like he had sleep paralysis brought on by the ghost. The next story happened in the same house. We were having a barbecue and one of the volunteers was walking and just tripped and fell. She was okay and I didn't think about it again until another person fell and then another. I said out loud, kind of to myself, why is everyone falling? And a five-year-old Emmanuel answered and said, there's a spirit here who's pushing people. I ask, you can see it? Why is it pushing people? Emmanuel said, yes, I can see it and it wants to cause problems. So I ask, why doesn't it push me? He answered, it's afraid of you. And then he skipped off. I was a bit of a skeptic when I first went to Nigeria, but by the time I left, I had no doubts about the paranormal there. I was never scared because I had no time to be scared and I still wonder why the spirit was afraid of me. My last story is when I was 12 or 13. I was home alone watching TV and the light flickered on and off. No big deal. Then the cupboards in the kitchen all started opening and slamming shut. One after the other, then the light flickered again. I buried myself under the blanket on the couch until I was sure the slamming had stopped. 
I slowly went into the kitchen and all the cupboards were closed and there was no open window. I guess the spirit was just passing through. Those are all the stories for now. Thank y'all for everything you do. Jenny H. I guess you had that big dick energy that the damn ghost was scared of. <laughs> right? But I would have been like, oh, wait, you come back. Why he scared of me? Mm-hmm. I would have been like, but why don't you want to trip me and push me? Okay, no. I would have been like, what is it about me? <laughs> Tell me all about me. <laughs> I'm like, why me? Why not me? Pick me. Choose me. Love me. <sighs> That's the fucking truth. <laughs> But also, why did kids have to say the creepiest shit and then like, oh, let me go skip off. Like, let me be a kid again. Kids do some weird shit. All right, the next one, shadow people. Hi, ladies. First off, I just want to say I love you guys. You keep me company during the day while I work from home and you always make me laugh. Also, I love that your podcast makes me feel more informed about the paranormal and true crime and makes me feel safer and more confident that I would know what to do if I were in an unfortunate situation with anyone dead or alive, knock on wood. So for my story, I'll make up the names, but you can call me Debbie and my fiance, Gary. So a few years ago, Gary was telling me something strange that had happened to him before we had ever met. It was just after he got back from a weekend of debauchery with all his mates on a stag do, a.k.a. bachelor party for all my Americans. Side note, I'm American, but I live in Scotland now since my fiance is Scottish. So now speak a mixture of Scottican, like Spanglish, but Scottish American. I'm pretty sure I didn't say Scott. I don't know that that's how you say it, but let's just go with that. It's definitely a strange combo and people giggle when I talk sometimes. Scottish people talk crazy, and it originally took me weeks and weeks to get a grip on what people were trying to tell me. I gave lots of polite smiles and blank stares. Okay, anyway, so after my fiancé got back from his drunken weekend with friends, he crawled into bed to sleep off his hangover. This was a particularly rough hangover, the kind that lasts two days, added with very little sleep. When he was in bed, he remembers hearing someone open the front door and come inside his flat. Freaked the fuck out, he tries to get up, only to realize he has sleep paralysis and can't move at all. Then, at the doorway of his room, he remembers seeing a very tall, very dark hooded figure that slowly crept closer and closer until it was at the end of his bed before disappearing. He eventually falls back to sleep, thinking it was just a bad dream. Now, when he originally told me this story, I thought it was just a scary nightmare he had due to a rough weekend. A couple of years later, I first found out about shadow people thanks to y'all's podcast. As I'm hearing you guys explain how these dark, grim, reaper-type creatures come to you during sleep paralysis, I freak the fuck out. Oh my god, this happened to Gary. I immediately call him, asking him to describe the creature he saw in his doorway that one time, without me bringing up the podcast or shadow people or anything. He gave the exact same fucking description as you guys. Super tall, pitch black, humanoid grim reaper type figure. Now keep in mind he's never heard of shadow people before and fully believed that what happened to him was just a dream. Then I tell him about your podcast episode and how what he saw was a shadow person, making itself known to him during sleep paralysis due to his rough weekend and sleep deprivation. We both freak out and I still think about it sometimes at night when I look at that doorway of our room. In addition, something similar happened to me when I was in graduate school last year. 
I've always been an AB student, but this was a totally different ball game. It was impossible for me to keep up with the work and it was causing me to go through a midlife crisis and it was just a really, really rough time in my life. I couldn't keep up with schoolwork despite spending every second of my day on it and I was failing out. I couldn't decide whether this was even the career I wanted anymore and I was missing Gary due to our long distance relationship. I was getting about three hours of sleep each night, staying up all night riddled with anxiety. I was severely depressed and angry and sad all the time, basically crying nonstop. Good times, you know, good times. So one very early morning, I was alone in the house when I heard someone walking around my hallway. I try to move and wake myself up, but I can't even move my pinky. I hear them cough and I heard them flush the toilet next to my room. Then I hear someone whisper my name very clearly in my ear, Debbie. All the while this is happening, I'm trying my hardest to move, but I can't move a muscle. Riddled with panic, I finally wake myself up. Was I having auditory hallucinations? I hear that people get auditory hallucinations sometimes during sleep paralysis. Or was this some sort of a shadow person talking to me? What do you guys think? I'm still curious about this. Anyway, thanks for listening to my story. I guess the lesson is make sure you guys get your sleep and take care of yourselves. Knowledge is power, y'all. And together, we can keep the monsters away. Creep it real. Lots of love, Debbie. Well, like I say, I don't want to see no shadow person. I really don't. Those terrify me. Because I don't want sleep paralysis. I am a nervous wreck anyway. You already can't sleep. That's the last thing that you Oh need. my gosh, right? And y'all know how I'm about my sleep. Don't fuck with it. So we just can't be experiencing anything to do with sleep. Nothing. Also, I'm jealous about you living in Scotland. God. So beautiful. And your hubby's accent? Gotta be spectacular. I mean, they did move halfway around the world for it, so probably so. (laughs) Does he have any single friends that like the bigger girls? Okay, the next one. This person just goes straight into talking about their stories. This one's called This Little Haunted Old House. After I had my oldest child, my mom and I finally moved into a house. It was owned by my uncle and was just up the field from where my uncle's house was. It was a very small home, two bedrooms, a tiny kitchen and laundry room, and even a smaller living room and one bathroom. Originally, an elderly couple had lived in the house when my uncle bought the property. Then they rented it out to a couple of people who let it get into disrepair. Then he asked my mom if we would like to move in, and we gladly moved from our shitty old apartment. We moved either right before Christmas or right after. I loved that there were woods behind my uncle's house, that we had a half an acre for a backyard, and it was close to my grandparents. Also, it was close to a one-stop shop store that was literally up the street. But in other ways, I hated it. At that time, there wasn't as much on that end of town and especially not much to safely walk to. So I often felt lonely living there. The house never felt negative, but it also never felt empty either. There is one cabinet door that would always open to the point I began to joke, oh, hi, house ghost, or we know you're here, or can you close that? Thanks. We all figured the house was sinking or not level. That was until the cabinets began closing and opening right back up after I closed them. Once my mom and I were arguing and the cabinets all flung open, my mom seemed to forget this happened. Sometimes we would hear a rustling, but it might have been mice. We had a standing lamp near this old rocking chair, which I would sit and rock my oldest to sleep. And that light would always flicker, and sometimes the bulb would burst. 
We tried plugging other lights in, but my stepdad, who was an electrician, couldn't even figure it out. My daughter's toys that had batteries would go off at random times, especially this one Sesame Street stove she had. It got to the point where I took out the batteries. Then one night, I was talking to my daughter's father and it went off. He flipped it upside down and yep, no batteries. It would not stop going off. We placed it on the back porch and then it went into the garage for a while. But my daughter kept asking for it. I think eventually it went to my ex's mother's house and it never went off on its own there. In fact, she could never get it to work. My daughter also had this flat plastic mat that played songs if you jumped on it, which never worked right. But then it would randomly start playing. But that play stove, it would go off at the quietest times, even when no one was near it. And it was always this one burner. Cook soup with Cookie Monster. Yum, yum, yum. Once in a while, I would think I saw a reflection of someone moving in the window. Once I was walking in the backyard late at night, I was either collecting herbs at night or talking on the phone. But I saw this fuzzy orb zip across the lawn and then disappear. It could have been a cat, but I could see through it and it moved fast. Once when I was on my uncle's property, I saw fairies or spirit lights. They had this old picnic table on their back lawn and I sat on it and looked across a small creek into the woods. I would often take quick walks back there, but stopped because I had to go through a neighbor's yard to get back there and they didn't like it. So I sat there and meditated and I looked across There was a small clearing up on a little hill past the first tree line and saw two luminescent figures on this field or clearing. It lasted for only a few seconds, and I tried to reason it was just how the sun was bouncing off the leaves, etc., but I rushed down and then back up to the spot and saw nothing. I kept going back there, and then one afternoon I had a weird encounter. I was singing as I walked, picked wildflowers, and said hello to the plants and birds I noticed. I got this really strong feeling as if I should not be back there, but I ignored it. I crawled under the bramble into the clearing and at first saw nothing. I then turned when I heard someone clear their throat or something like that, and in the corner of the bramble, just a few feet from me, was a disheveled man who was slowly standing up. I was filled with panic and fear. I had seen no one, heard no one before this. Sure, I had seen signs of someone being there before, but I figured it had been my neighbor's son. I raced out of the bramble and down the hill. He followed me until I got out of the wooded area. I never went all the way up there again. I don't think it was paranormal, but I will never know for sure. I found it so strange how no birds were up there and it was just dead silent. The air felt dense and negative. It almost seemed dark. And at first, I did not see him, and he seemed to disappear as soon as I came to the tree line. My uncle and neighbor figured it was just a homeless person and left it at that, but I'll never know. Another weird encounter went like this. I was sitting on the front porch drinking a glass of Bailey's and smoking and trying to ignore my oldest who was crying, hoping that she'd go to sleep. This child slept so little. Like, I was lucky if she slept two hours straight, and I tried everything. Anyways, I was sitting on the porch enjoying a gentle breeze on such a hot summer night. This was a busy road for cars, but rarely did anyone walk on the sidewalk across the street. But I'd seen a handful of sketch things go down, so I kept an eye across the street just in case. I tried to relax as my oldest quieted down. 
The street was oddly not that busy. The lights flickered on at businesses across the street, then the sprinklers. Everything seemed ordinary, quiet. Then two figures walked on that sidewalk and then turned and walked into the grass of the business. I thought this was kind of odd since there was only an industrial area back there and it was all gated off. And also, as this couple was right across the street from me, I noticed they both had no feet and the street light shined through them. I rubbed my eyes, closed them, and then reopened them. I got up and got to the edge of my driveway. They got fainter or more transparent as they walked into the grass and then disappeared halfway through. I literally walked closer to see if I could see anyone and then sprinted back up when my oldest started bawling again. My damn cat had woken her up by squeezing out that cracked open window. I figured I was just tired and it had been a trick of my eyes with the sprinklers and yellowish light from the street lamps. Or maybe it was two ghosts. The weirdest thing which happened in that house was this. We had not lived there long, maybe a month or two. I had been doing yard work while my oldest napped. I had a baby monitor I carried with me and would occasionally peek in the window at her. I came inside because my oldest was screaming. I tried to open my door and it was locked. My door had this push lock, but it never really locked the door. I would push it and someone would like barge in like I had done nothing. But I tried slipping a butter knife through the crack to open the door. Nothing. I go down and wake my aunt up and have her try to open the door. The key didn't even work. A knitting needle didn't work. The knob was screwed in from the inside, so we couldn't just take the knob off. Luckily, my sister had come over, and she kicked the door in. There was this tower of baby white blocks, and I had a huge tub of stuffed animals that were all knocked over. The blocks I figured might have been my toddler, who somehow reached through her crib and knocked them over. But the container of toys was at the end of my bed and way out of her reach. We ended up taking the doorknob off after this. It might not have been a ghost, but it was weird. Another weird thing occurred this one night when I was at the house with my daughter's father. We were alone. Even my aunt and uncle were gone. We'd stayed up late watching TV and trying to get our daughter to stay asleep. I got into talking about my weird connection with my great-grandma. Even though I never knew her, she died when I was only two, I was always so curious about her. I didn't see a picture of her when she was young until I was in high school, and she and I have an uncanny resemblance, to say the least. I even named my oldest after her. Well, I was mid-sentence saying how I don't understand this connection, but wondered if it was valid when the air got chilly. Then this fuzzy white light or mist thing zips through me and then zips down the hall into my mom's room. My ex goes, you look like you just saw a ghost. I say, saw it? It just went through me. The fire truck my mom had at our current house. I had forgotten this. My mom had bought this really obnoxious fire truck at a garage sale for the grandkids to play with. I think she bought it when my youngest two were still pretty little, but my kids never really liked it. I always tended to hide it because it was so annoying. It had one volume which was loud as fuck, and if you turned the siren on, it would blast until you shut it off manually. It got moved around. I placed it in a closet... Well, one night, it randomly goes off. I went to check, and it had gotten knocked over, which set it off. I turned it off and set it on the shelf in that closet. A few nights later, it goes off again. Then it goes off during the day. No matter how careful I was, this thing kept falling or getting knocked over. 
I figured my dad did it looking for pills he kept in that closet. So I moved the toys to a different closet. And this worked for several months, I think, because I forgot about it. Then one night my kids were over and they were much older now. And we were up telling ghost stories. And I think maybe playing with a Ouija board. And that damn fire truck goes off and would not stop. So I put it out in the garage and muffled it under blankets and a pad. Then it didn't seem to work. I think maybe a year or more went by. I had again forgotten about this fire truck and found it when I was cleaning that side of the garage. I think it fell out and went off. I placed it on top of a bag of stuff to go to Goodwill and the thing kept falling and going off. So I placed it on the shelf behind it and told it to behave. A little while later, I woke up in the middle of the night. The fire truck was blasting, but this time it was not the siren, but every noise it made. I grabbed it and tried taking it apart so it would shut up. I think I gave up and left it on the other side of the garage, but I can't remember now. I do know I made my mom get rid of it along with a bunch of other toys my kids never played with. It might have just been old. Okay, the second story. Sasquatch sighting? Question mark. This happened when I was still married to my second husband. It was around when I was taking a shamanism class. My then hubs and I were walking on the bike trail with our two dogs. We get past the bustle of the campgrounds that are busy, no matter the weather or the time of the year. But I think it's not as busy because we didn't take that trail because of all the bikes in the summer. But we get to before the bridge and everything falls dead silent. And I smell something dead. Hubs urges me on and figures it's just trash or a dead raccoon or all in my head. We walk a few feet closer and a flock of birds rush up out of the bushes a foot from us. And the smell was so strong. And I just got this feeling you do not belong here. I often felt a presence out that way, but I always figured it was residual or the spirits of the land or a bit of both. But never had I ever felt that. My husband asked me if I see something lying in the field a few feet from us. And I creep closer. Our dog seemed scared, and my one dog, who was curious and hyper as hell, was instead calm and scared. I handed him the dogs and looked over and sure enough, saw a dead deer. I wondered if we should go find a ranger or if we should go back, but we decided to go on. It might have just died or someone might have poached it. We crossed the bridge, and maybe about a third of the way in, there's a small cabin that was left behind when they made this park. I swore I heard rustling over there by this building, and it seemed as if someone or something was watching us between the overgrowth. My husband peeks but sees nothing and figures it's probably that poacher hiding or someone else goofing off. We walk a little further. The trail dips down into a curved hill, and to the right is a rotted-out tree stump from a Douglas fir. My dog came to a dead stop and I glanced over and I swore I saw some furry creature about seven or eight feet tall peek around the stump and look at us. I whisper, do you see what I think I do? He was like, where? So I literally had to point to it. And in that maybe 50 seconds, whatever I saw was gone. He had me hold our other dog and climb through the bramble all the way back toward the cabin to see if he could see anything, but he didn't. He came back and figured maybe I had seen a bear. I was like, I don't think so. I've never seen a bear out here, and it looked like a Sasquatch. It legit looked like the stereotypical Sasquatch. My husband thought maybe someone had dressed up for a prank or something, and I was like, why the dead deer then? Why all the bad smells? Why did all the birds fly away? Why, when almost no one's here, why was it so quiet? 
So we decided to head back. We ran into a couple on the other side of the bridge and I warned them about the dead deer and they were like, what deer? I glanced over and it was gone. We had only gone not even half a mile up and were gone maybe five or six minutes tops. Not enough time to move an adult deer. My husband and I both went over there. There were spots in the grass where deer had slept, but not a dead body, no blood, no flies. It smelled a bit, but not as bad as it had, more like that Sasquatch smell I had smelled before I had seen it. It might have been a bear or an optical illusion, but explain the disappearing dead deer. My husband figured the ranger already knew about it, but when we found him, he seemed to not know what we were talking about. Now, this park is in the country, but there's a very small town adjacent to it and farms, and then million-dollar homes across the river. This park is usually very busy with boaters, campers, people riding bikes, reenactment, frisbee golf teams, and picnics. I had seen deer there, rabbits, birds of prey, coyotes, snakes, squirrels, and gray diggers, but no bear. And Sasquatch are supposed to be extremely shy and only in remote areas. But maybe they are really multidimensional beings. Or maybe it's just really good at hiding. But I saw something that day. I smelled it too. By the way, I love, love, love your podcast. I rarely even listen to other paranormal podcasts I used to listen to. You guys are so encouraging and so great with your fans. Anyways, I'm trying to launch my own podcast soon, and I'll probably talk about the paranormal, but it'll be from a different perspective, if that makes sense. So maybe by the time you read this, the sincere podcast will be a thing. I also chose a name not everyone will get. Ravina, the PNW Bitchy Witch. Okay, I don't even know what a bramble is. There were so many words in there, I didn't know what they were. Yeah, I'm not outdoorsy, but maybe I don't want to be after these stories. Yeah, that whole half a mile thing, I don't know. (laughs) Good luck on your podcast if you've started it or you're still thinking about it. Oh, going back to the first story about the house, you had some prime people watching time, apparently. I love doing that. Me too, sitting out on the porch just watching people. Cup of coffee, rocking chair, ceiling fan (laughs) above me, just a watching. (laughs) Maybe not people who don't have like feet or disappear, but... Yeah, none of that. Yeah. Okay, the next one. Sinister Sightings, Little Sweet Ghost Girl. Hey, my lovely creepsters. My name is Sarah B, and you can absolutely use my name so I can ship bricks for days. Well, days. I put the emphasis on the wrong syllable. I just became the highest Patreon, and I'm so freaking excited. I found you guys not too long ago, and I'm binge listening every episode. I absolutely love that you have kid-friendly shows, considering how my kids always want to listen to what I am and never can until now. Anyway, on to my story. This is the story of how I turned into the obsession of all things paranormal that I have today. This really started after this event happened. So a bit of a backstory, I was raised as a bunch of different religions, but during this time, I was Wiccan. I still am Wiccan to this day and believe in all things paranormal, energies, crystals, and positivity. I was about nine at this time and am an only child. My mom would take me to different historical places. We had gone to a hotel that used to be a cowboy bed and breakfast. It still looked like it at that time. The rooms were really small and close together. There was a bar at the bottom of the stairs that still had the original bar stools and lights. We were told back in the day a cowboy had gotten into a bar fight and died and a little girl was staying with her mom and was running around on top of the stairs when she tragically fell down the stairs and died. 
My mom was pretty excited to find some ghosts at this point. As for me, I was a skeptic at the time. So because the rooms were so small, I asked if I could stay in a room by myself, thinking how cool it would be to have my own room at a hotel. My mom had made it such a big deal about me being brave enough to get my own room in a spooky place. I legit laughed it off, not thinking anything would actually happen. So fast forward to the night. I was laying in bed watching TV when I got tired and turned the TV off and went to bed. Around one or two in the morning, I woke up to a little girl singing to me. When I opened my eyes, I heard her gasp like I scared her. I was frozen in fear and couldn't move until after about 10 minutes, I got enough courage to get up and run to turn the TV on and run back to bed and hide under the covers. I eventually went back to sleep. The next day, I told my mom what happened, and of course, she was so excited about it. We ended up getting her some bouncy balls, and before we checked out, I left them around the hotel in various places for the little girl and told her, at least I hope she heard me, that I was sorry I scared her and thanked her for watching over me and told her I had left her something she could play with. Anyway, hope y'all have a beautiful day and stay creepy. The audacity of that ghost being scared by you. I mean, I'm like, if that isn't like the tale of all tales of a parent to tell their kid, don't fucking run around this hotel. (laughs) A kid fell down the stairs and died. Is that what you want to (laughs) do? Do you want to die and be stuck here forever? (laughs) Sit your ass down. (laughs) That is true. I love staying in a hotel room by myself. I, yeah, I do for like a day. You can starfish in the bed. I can do that in my own house. You're right. But the sheets are so crisp. I get weird. You are weird. <laughs> well, I just think about, I don't know. And also, they tuck it in too tight and it's hard to pull out. I don't like it. Yeah, you do sometimes got to flail your legs to loosen it up a little bit so you don't feel like you're in a coffin. Yeah. Ooh, no, I don't like it. And the pillows are always too soft. Terrible. And I have to do like... 20 of them. Yes. Pillows, terrible. Yeah. But you know what I do sometimes, though? And I know this is gross. Don't come at me. I'll get the pillows from the couch, and I do it either as my in-between leg pillow or my back pillow, or I'll put it under the actual pillows. I never lay directly on it because they don't clean those, I'm sure. Yeah. You use too many pillows. I have a pillow fort. I know. I can't handle it. I legit... I have two pillows under my head. I have a body pillow that goes under my right leg. And I used to use this as a back pillow, but now I use Colby as my back pillow. So my back pillow is now under my left leg. And I wonder why my hip flexors are tight. Oh my God. I, oh God. <laughs> that smothercates me. But I can't have my body pillow be under both legs because it has to be long ways. Can't be horizontal. It's, it's got to so be weird. parallel with my legs. I got two pillows. And one I push up half the time and just use one. No. But I don't want one of those beds that do the thing with the foot. I don't want my feet up. I just need them a little. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, the next one. Hey, Creepsters. I've been a major fan of you gals, and you make my workday so much easier to get through. Sinister sightings are a lot of fun to listen to, and I've decided to share a few of my spooky stories. I've always been sensitive to spirits and presences. I can tell when I'm not alone, and I can generally get a vibe whether it's good or bad. Growing up, my house has always been haunted. It was a fact of life for us, and so you'd get used to seeing ghostly figures from the corner of your eye at night. But when I was around three-ish, I would not stop peeing my bed, and man, can I tell you my parents were not amused. They kept asking me why I wouldn't use the bathroom, and I always said it was too scary. 
What I couldn't explain was that the scary ass farmer looking dude that'd be sitting right in front of my parents' bedroom and I'd have to walk by him to use the bathroom. I wasn't trying to die by this tobacco smoking top hat wearing guy. This man would be sitting in a chair with his top hat on and a long beard and he would just stare at me, like look through my soul stare. Of course, I was going to pee my bed instead of facing that. It wasn't till years later that my mom was going through old photographs and bam, there's the scary ass farmer in one of the photos. I looked at my mom and I was like, who the hell is that? Apparently, he's my great grandfather. I can still see his face crystal clear, but I wish he resided somewhere a little further from the bathroom. The shadow figure I would see was actually in my bedroom and it had lived with us for many years. A little backstory. My house had been in my family for a couple of generations, and at one point we had three generations of family living in the house. I shared a room with my twin sister all of my life, so we'd have so much fun in there messing around. But when the lights would go off, there was always one corner of the room that gave off this very ominous vibe. And of course, it was right by the door. Neither of us liked this corner, but we really couldn't explain as to why we didn't. It always felt like something was watching us from that corner, and if you'd walk by it, you expected it to grab you. Then in my teen years, I swear I'd see a black shadowy figure walk up and down the aisle between our two beds. To the point I'd always sleep facing the wall because if you can't see it, it ain't there. Well, eventually one night after watching a bunch of ghost shows with our mom, we told her about this being in our room. Man, she was pissed we hadn't said anything about it before. We always had sage wands in the house for in case of emergency cleanings of creepy things. So my mom goes into our room and nopes the fuck out of the shadow figure. The energy significantly lightened in the room and we felt so much lighter in there. Apparently, one of my uncles used to sleep in our bedroom when he was growing up, and I guess he decided fucking around with the Ouija board sounded like a fantastic idea, so he thinks something came into that room from that stupid idea. But I have many more stories, including hearing weird radio noises in random areas of the house, my dead granddad grabbing my feet at night, or even the creepy-ass shadow figure that moves around the neighborhood. I also have a few spooky-ass things happen at work. Let me know if you want to hear more. You can shorten this novel if need be. Stay spooky, B. Y'all see some creepy shit, and I'm just over here like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, why didn't y'all tell your mom if, you like, she believed in that kind of stuff and would cleanse the room? Because you're kids. I know why. Like, I get it. But also, uh-uh, not the bathroom attendant freaking you out. Like, no. Why'd you have to be by the bathroom? And give me that stare. Also, why did he have to play with the fucking Ouija board in the room? Stay the fuck away from the Ouija board. <laughs> right? No good story has come out of a fucking Ouija board. Creepy as fuck stories, but no good has come out of them. I know. I just want to play one time. Yeah, but how do you even know that what you're getting is what you're getting? I don't know, but I eat chicken nuggets too. Touche. <laughs> okay, the next one. Boo Beach. Hey y'all, Josie M coming at you from Idaho. No, Utaho. They said that, not me. I didn't pull Donna. They did. Long time listener, first time sending in. First off, the classic thank you starter. You two are truly something special. Not just a make our day faster kind of special, but a change the world by being gold kind of way. 
lead with kindness and genuine hearts. You two make me remember that while the world is shit, the people we are and the people we create don't have to reflect that. I met my husband shortly after I started listening to you guys. So every day I hear your lovely voices. It gives me nostalgia for the early days of my incredible relationship with my stupid man boy. Gratitude has really turned my life around. So, hey, thank you. Also, congrats on the engagement. I could giggle and gab about wedding stuff all day. Now on to the meat and potatoes. I wanted to wait until I knew exactly what I wanted to share about, but I think I did it. My brain settled on some things, two things. That in itself could be my paranormal experience, but giddy up because I have another one and some true crime love as well. Buckle up and grab your oh shit handle. That's what we call that handle. If you are in my car, my man boy drives like ass, so I'm highly familiar. Paranormal. So picture it. Young family in Spokane. New to them house and a two-year-old son. This was a woman from our church who didn't want to seem crazy, so hid these experiences for a while. When she finally reached out to us as we have an attraction to ghost hunting and have been known to pray over houses, I shall call the mom and dad in this retelling, mom and dad. (laughs) happening one. Well, once upon a happy little evening, mom and pop hear a bit too much babbling for sleep to be taking place in the baby's room. Deciding to pop into the room, they see what's going on. They were shook when he looked straight past them into a high dark corner of the room, babbling away. No acknowledgement of mom and dad. Happening two. I know Thomas the Train is a favorite, but he never did anything but scare the fuck out of me. Now, baby boy had a Thomas the Train battery-powered toy that would, you know, chugga-chugga and move those creepy-ass eyes around. Well, Tommy boy decides it's his prerogative to party in the middle of the night. Okay, creepy, but solvable. Pop the batteries out and wham-bam, thank you, ma'am, and you're all good to go, right? Yeah, no. So, if you weren't aware, Thomas the Train can, in fact, raise the mother fluffin' dead to scare the shit out of you in the middle of the night. Tommy went bye-bye. Happening three, the classic mommy doing the dishes, look out the dark window, crack. Oops, there goes all the pictures hung on the wall behind her. Happening four, the basement. Mama hated the basement. Totally not cash money. That eerie, icky, vertigo type feeling every time she went down. Now, I don't know what basements are like elsewhere, but around this area, a lot of the basements are made into pretty functional and way less creepy living spaces. I know you don't believe me, but not all basements are bad. This one, though, so there's that. She would only go down a couple of times a month to dust, vacuum, and make sure everything was in ship shape to return to the upper decks. She started to notice after a while the faucet wouldn't turn on. Doesn't seem like much, but when you've continually turned it off, tightened the faucet, checked the pressure, there's so many places your mind can go. This was the least of her worries, though, when she went down to check it one week. You know, if someone breaks their ankle... Or something like that, IDK, because I have strong bones, subtle flex. And sometimes they get that like shin scooter thing. Well, she had one, not for the present, but she had needed it a few months back and began storing it in the basement closet after she was good to go. Now, you know, when you vacuum the carpet and it's soft enough or a certain length that you can see the tracks from the vacuum cleaner after you use it, a footprint, wheel mark, all that jazz. Well, she had vacuumed last week. See, returning to check on things, she realizes that out of the closet, the wheel tracks from the scooter can be seen emerging from the closet, looking around the couch and returning back to the closet. If that wasn't horrifying enough, she took a peek at the scooter in the closet. 
sticky. Keep your spooky ecto jizz out of my house. No ghost bust in here. Thanks. The happening subsided after that. We were offered to stay and see what we could find, but we weren't going to pester her. Some true crime things for you, my sweet angel babies. Before my husband and I officially tied the knot, I had many late nights where to pop over to my parents' house to crash as they lived between his and mine, and life was sometimes easier that way, and I love my mommy. One night around 12, I remember pulling into my parents' neighborhood, smelling weed, and hearing blasting music. Now, here's the thing. I'm no stranger to the lit life. My party days might be more left in high school, but I'm not trying to be a party pooper. Then I realized it's 12 a.m. It's a weekday. These are high schooler cars. This is a family neighborhood. Little kids. School. I got really upset out of nowhere and had this overwhelming urge to just call the cops. It felt disrespectful for these new neighbors to have moved in only a few weeks ago, then be having a sticky, icky, vulgar, mumble rap, whole high school smoking sesh on a weekday. I can party. I can mom too. So suck my ass. I picked up my phone, and then the anxiety-riddled 16-year-old partying me crawled her way into my mind. No one's getting hurt. Maybe it's a birthday. Maybe it's a housewarming party. I don't know, but something in me chose not to go through with a call. I should have. Let me tell you. Five hours later, local news. Teen shot dead at Valley Party. This was three houses from my parents. I saw the cars. I saw the kids. I was 19 at the time. It was hard to know that had I called... While I'd really have damped a lot of high school experiences, that boy may still be alive. Shot in the street in the back. Apparently, he'd been in with quite the wrong crowd, and when someone showed up looking for trouble, it ended horribly. I was working at a coffee shop by the local high school at the time. One of my regular's sons had been taken into custody, but they ended up proving he was being set up. He ran in a bad crowd too. Easy target, I guess. The killer was never found. All those kids at that party, all those kids that knew these boys, these gangs, no one said anything. It sickens me. I'm not good in transitioning, so if y'all want to have a sleepover, let me know. Hubby's a good sport, so I can boot him. Also, watch BuzzFeed Unsolved Supernatural, please. I have cried laughing every time. Oh my God, we do watch BuzzFeed. Well, Carrie doesn't, but we do at the watch parties. Hey, I pop in every now and then. Y'all be inching really close to my bedtime at the watch parties. Oh my God, I love how you write just because that's how my brain works. Oh, uh, that's what I was just about to say. It's because it, they have your brain. <laughs> yes. Holy shit. When you said like the shin scooter or whatever, <laughs> the oh subtle <laughs> subtle flex had me giggling. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I mean, must be nice to have strong ankles. <laughs> uh, and that's creepy as fuck to have that fucking wheel print in the carpet. For real. Also, how they keep it so straight like that, though? <laughs> it wasn't you, for sure. I mean, it worked. They said I was Austin Powers trying to back up. <laughs> you were. <laughs> okay, the last one. Hey, you beautiful creepsters. This is my first time writing in, and I apologize now. It may get a little long. When I was about three years old, I used to see my dead grandfather all the time. He died way before I was born, I think from suicide, but I'm not 100% sure on that. So I couldn't have any idea what he looked like. But my mother said I described him to a T. I don't remember that now. As I got older, I stopped seeing him. But I still, to this day, feel, smell, and hear spirits. I'm also an empath, and that combination makes life a little difficult sometimes. 
Anyway, I was a very smart, rule-following young teenager. Yes, extremely boring. But as I got older, I discovered Boone's Farm in Cisco. <laughs> yep, I'm old and I became much more fun. I like to party. A lot. And when my grandmother decided to downsize homes, I decided at 16 that staying at her house, even without a house phone or cable, yes, still had a house phone back then, was much better than following my parents' rules at home. But before I get into that, I must tell you about this neighborhood back in the day when the rat hadn't been thought of yet to ruin our beautiful city of Orlando. When my mother was in middle school, her, her parents, siblings, and grandmother all moved here from Rhode Island so her dad could expand his insurance company. My mom and her parents and siblings bought the house in Kingswood Manor, and her grandmother, my great-grandmother, bought the house next door. It wasn't really big enough for their family of six, so they lived there until another, much larger house was built in the same neighborhood just a few streets over. But while she was in the smaller house, my mother experienced a lot of weird activity. She had three brothers, but it seemed only to target her. One night, she was sitting on the couch watching TV with everyone, probably Bonanza or some stupid shit like that, when a very large and extremely heavy picture came off the wall, hovered over my mother for about three seconds, and proceeded to slam onto her head. Everyone witnessed this, but no one ever spoke of it. My grandparents were super religious and, for some reason, didn't believe spirits could be real. But what the fuck kind of spirit would do that? I think it had to have been something evil. Not long after this, they moved into a newly built, larger house down the road. Fast forward about 10 years, my parents divorced when I was about four. We moved in with my great-grandmother, remember, the one that lived next door to my mom's childhood original batshit crazy house. I absolutely hated this house. I cried every day I was there. I couldn't sleep. I was miserable. It had three bedrooms that you got to by going down a long hall. At the end of this hall was a closet with a full-length mirror. I swear to this day, that mirror was a portal. There was only one bathroom, and every time I went to the bathroom, the door would slam on its own, and I would have a hard time opening it for about three seconds. These spirits loved fucking with me. When I slept in the back bedroom to the left, I would have terrible dreams, so I avoided that room at all cost. Years later, my uncle lived there, and he told me he could hear music when he was taking his shower, like a big band orchestra. Nice, ghost. Play music for him and torture me. Ugh. I would stay at my grandparents' bigger house down the street as much as I could because it was much more welcoming there. No one fucking with me. But shit started going downhill when my cousin drowned, was put on life support, and kept in my grandparents' spare bedroom. After about three months, his parents decided to pull the plug, and he passed away. Just a few years later, my grandfather withered away from cancer in the other spare bedroom. And not long after that, my great-grandmother died in the master bedroom. She was staying there so her daughter, my grandmother, could care for her. So that's a death in each of the bedrooms in not that long of a span. Now back to when I was 16 and moved into this death house. I knew that there were spirits there, but they never made me feel uncomfortable. I don't know if they were my deceased family members or others, but I had a lot of fun with them. I would ask them to turn the TV on, and they would. I would hear them walking around. They would make the phone ring, even though there was no phone service. And if I asked them to open the sliding glass door curtains, they would. Let me tell you, when I threw parties at that house, which I did a lot, my friends left believers. 
My brother, who I had a strained relationship with as a kid and have absolutely no relationship with now, told me that there were demons there and that he saw red beady eyes glaring at him through the window. But I honestly think that is because they just didn't like him. Oh, I forgot to mention, when I was about eight, still going back and forth from my grandmother and great-grandmother's houses, there was a really rainy day that I will never forget. There was a ton of commotion outside, fire trucks, police, the whole nine yards, and all the neighbors came running out, umbrellas in hand. What we saw was something out of a movie. Bodies being wheeled out on stretchers, in body bags. Even at eight, I knew what was inside. Apparently, two men lived in this house as roommates, and one had a fit of jealousy killing the other and then taking his own life. I've tried to find information about this online, but it was the early 80s and nearly impossible to find at this point. This was also just one year after my mom almost died giving birth and my sister died. Okay, fast forward again, but to when I was 20. I had married and just had my first baby girl. My grandmother literally died two weeks after her birth, and because she was so sick, she never got to meet her. When she got sick, she had to be moved back to her original house, the death house, and decided to pick yet another room to add to the death list, the living room. I never spoke to any of my uncles about the spirits because my mom had always told me they were non-believers. But the day of the funeral, we all went back to the house where my aunt told me my grandmother's last words. She told me not to worry, that she was going to take them all with her. I was just so happy that I wasn't the only one that believed they were there. I've tried to do research but came up with nothing, but I have heard that Kingswood was built on an ancient Indian burial ground, and being Florida, I don't doubt it. I don't know what else could explain all of those tragedies that happened there. There are a lot more stories I can tell, but this has gotten really long, as I warned you it would, so I'll sign out now. Thank you ladies for being so awesome and making me belly laugh with every episode. Creep it real and don't get scared. Becky. Well, thanks Grandma for taking them. I know. Gosh, that is a lot of death. Also, if we're just going to go back to the beginning of your email, when you said the rat about Orlando, Carrie had to explain that to me. So, (laughs) yeah. She read it and then looked at me and I was like, Mickey Mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Had no idea. Well, did Grandma really take him out with her? Oh, yeah. We need to know that. I mean, like, thanks, Grandma. But like, did you really get him? You got to let us know. Please, 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 Becky. Thank y'all for sending in all these stories. Y'all never disappoint. Keep them coming. Aparanormalchicks at gmail.com. And remember, creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared.